Welcome to Garage Take Season 2, Episode 10. Brand, I don't know what the uh, weather is like in Portland, Michigan, but here in Livonia, it, we've got a thunderstorm brewing. And, and, I, and I mean that, not just, I wanted to use the sound effect, but uh, it is, it's storming outside, and man, I sure hope that uh, this internet stays connected. want to welcome... Welcome back, many of our listeners, and welcome any new listeners that we might have. And if you are new to the show, make sure that you follow, like, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, positive comment goes a long way as we continue to try to grow, grow the podcast and bring you guys some good content every single week. We feel like we're starting to kind of get in a groove a little bit. Uh, we're really happy with the direction of the podcast, but we couldn't do it without you, so we appreciate the support and Brent, we are going to get into college football, but I really want to kind of start in the NFL. Is that uh that cool with you? Did you catch any in the NFL here this past weekend? Yeah, Dave, I caught quite a bit of it. And just to uh, hit on the storms real quick, it stormed like crazy here earlier. The storm you might be experiencing down there might be the Detroit Lions. I'm not sure. But uh, they did. They stormed the Commanders, man. What a weekend for the Lions. That's right. All aboard the hype train, the Lions, one and one. Brant, well, I know we're going to get, we'll get into the Lions here shortly. I, let's do a little, we, we did the Around the League segment earlier this year. I want to bring that back before we get into the Lions, because it's interesting in the NFL right now. Uh, it, it really is, and I want to get your thoughts on, on a couple of things. I want to start with just some... I don't know if they're over. We can call them overreactions, or maybe they're kind of right on par. Let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. So, the Bengals are zero two after showing up to the Super Bowl last year, and not just showing up, but almost winning a Super Bowl against the Rams. And man, Bengals fans, Lions fans, almost seems it's like Browns fans. They're one and the same at times. A lot of losing over the years. And then the Bengals finally start to get things right. Joe Burrow's a stud. Jamar Chase. A lot of excitement in Cincinnati, and rightfully so. But then Brant, they come out, and they're 0-2. And what what do you make of that? Is it an overreaction? Like, should we be concerned of what's going on in Cincinnati right now? Or... Is this just kind of par for the course and starting out kind of like how Kansas City started out last year and then they got, you know, they righted the ship later on? What what do we make of Cincinnati? Dave, I think it's major cause for concern right now. They losing to the Cowboys is is one thing. Losing to the Cowboys without their starting quarterback and a slew of receivers is another thing. Um, letting Cooper Rush lead drives that lead to points um, in clutch moments in that game was concerning. Uh, typically, you would see a season defense stand up and get stops when they need to get stops and get off the field and give the ball back to Joe Burrow, go get a game-winning field goal, whatever. It happens in the NFL, the NFL all the time where teams will uh, stumble around for three quarters, and then that fourth quarter they just kind of turn it on and they end up winning the game because they're just more talented. Um, and that's what I kind of expected from the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, their first loss to the Steelers was kind of um, mind-blowing, too, just because they were at home. You know, they were coming off the Super Bowl, uh, you know, ex- uh, uh, appearance. And I think we can officially consider this the Super Bowl hangover. I mean, you think you're just going to take the field and get a couple wins, uh, no problem against the Steelers and Cowboys, and all of a sudden you look up and you're 0-2, and it's like, hey, we're trying to feed Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins and Boyd, all these, all these receivers, but it's just not happening for tons of points and stuff like that. But, Dave, I think what defenses are doing to them is they're, they're not letting anything behind them. And that's really stopping what they were doing last year. I mean, Jamar Chase, how many times did you see a 50-yard touchdown from that guy? So I think they're just keeping things in front of them. They're making them run the ball, and they're making them grind until either Burrow throws an incompletion or or they just uh, hit a wall on third down or something. But 
it has not been a awesome start for the Bengals. And um, I think, yeah, like I said, I think you can consider this a Super Bowl hangover. So I, I'm not concerned about the Bengals. I, I think that Joe Burrow has historically been good, dating back to his days at LSU and getting the Bengals to a Super Bowl. It was not a fluke. I don't believe it was a fluke. Um, they made some moves in the offseason to make this offensive line better. Joe Burrow has had a terrible start. Um, yeah, he's he's getting sacked. He's getting hit back there. A lot of it's on his decision-making right now. Something's going on. He threw four picks in the opener. He's fumbled it like three times, I believe. That's not like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow will get it right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a slow start last year as well. It is definitely some of the the Super Bowl hangover, but I'm not concerned. I am concerned that the two quarterbacks that they have opened up the season and lost against was Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush. Uh, That's concerning. I, I don't care what part of the season it is. That's very concerning. But they do play in the AFC North, and the Steelers are not good. Now, so Steelers are not good. The Browns are not good. And you got the Ravens who are also just blew a huge game against the, the dolphins. And I mean that the division's still wide open. So I'm not overly impressed with the AFC North. I do have confidence in Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they'll get right, but they definitely got to get it going. Uh, and, and, and this is not uncommon to see teams coming off a of Super Bowl kind of start the season like this. So, yeah, I'm concerned with how they've started, but I'm not concerned with where they're going. Brant, on the flip side of that, the Bills. Josh Allen is, as Jim Harbaugh would say, a gift from the football gods. This guy's unreal. You got a quarterback stiff arming people, chucking the ball, doing whatever he wants. Stefan Diggs is like wide open, catching touchdown after touchdown. Gabe Davis didn't even play this past week. Didn't matter. They're dropping over 40 points. That offense is rolling, and that defense is easily the best in the NFL right now. So what do you make of the Bills? Um, are, are they poised to make a Super Bowl run this year? I think so, absolutely, Dave. I think the Bills are the best team in the NFL right now, and I think the Chiefs are a close second. And who wouldn't want a, a rerun of what happened last year in the 2021 uh, AFC Championship game. One of the uh, best, one of the best games that I think any of us can remember, especially like a meaningful game like that, not like Week Six or Seven. Right. Like that was insane. That was an awesome game. So uh, I think they're 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 probably poised at this point to meet Dave. But let's not kid ourselves. There's there's 15 weeks to get through yet. So um, plenty of things can happen between now and then. Injuries, everything will add up at the end of the season. But when you talk about Josh Allen, I mean, this is, man, he is the Swiss Army knife that everybody's wanted that quarterback for, uh, forever. I mean, he is tall. He has a cannon of an arm. He can run. And, Dave, the thing that's probably most underrated about him is he can take a hit. I mean, this guy is taking a hit every single week, and he doesn't really shy from contact. So, um, I mean, this guy is durable. And that offense is just clicking on all cylinders right now. And good luck beating them up in Buffalo. Late in the year, are you kidding me? Freezing cold. If they get the one seed, you have to go through Buffalo. I mean, guys are spraying Bills mustard, mafia. Oh. <laughs> spraying mustard and ketchup all over each other. Body slamming each other through tables. <laughs> it's insane. It is insane. Their tailgates look like a CMU tailgate, man. Yeah. Uh, spe- yeah. Speaking of, did you have fun at Central this weekend? Just I absolutely, quickly. Yeah, I absolutely did. That place hasn't changed a ton. Uh, I mean, it was an absolute great time. I love going to that stadium, and, and it was a good time, man. Good, good. Yeah, I think I think just the last thing on the Bills, they are my easily my Super Bowl favorite right now. Um, they're hard not to be just because they check both boxes. It looks like they got the best offense in the NFL and the best defense in the NFL, and that's hard to bet against right now. Brant, what about I want to talk about the 49ers for a second. So last year they they put a ton of draft capital to move up and draft Trey Lance. They get Trey Lance, and you knew he was a raw prospect coming out of college. They give him a year to develop under Jimmy G, which was the right move for sure. 
Trey Lance gets to start this year. Now, recently, the 49ers did solidify bringing back Jimmy G before this happened this past weekend. But, man, Trey Lance's career off to a tough start right now. Uh, Broken ankle, season done. Brant, Jimmy G back at the helm. What do you think? Dave, it looked so fluid for him. And, I mean, he had the biggest smile on his face. I I just think... Kyle Shanahan may have thrown out what he needed at the wrong time. So um, I think in some ways this is just obviously a blessing for Jimmy G, and obviously it's it's terrible for Trey Lance. But these types of things happen, and we talk about it all the time, an efficient backup. I mean, that's something that the Lions are eventually going to need, we feel like anyway. Uh, it's something every team is begging to have. I mean, look at Michigan and having Cade McNamara go down for – for maybe a couple weeks now to a few weeks. That's that's very scary for Michigan fans. So um, it's just the fact that he was able to pick up right where he left off. He was kind of throwing darts. I mean, he was a little bit of check down Jimmy like he's always been, but the offense was very efficient. They ran the ball. Guess what, Dave? The 49ers ran the ball really efficiently. Okay, yeah, you look shocked. Like, I mean, that's just what they do. Um, so I think Jimmy G is actually a perfect quarterback for that system. Um, you're not going to see him scrambling a ton, making plays with his legs, making plays with his arm, really. He's just going to run the offense that you want him to run, which happens to fit hand-in-hand with Kyle Shanahan, how he wants to just ground and pound the rock, and it'll be great for the 49ers. And to no one's surprise, they won by like 20 points. Well, and that's with Elijah Mitchell being out for the next two months. Uh, they're starting running back, and – I think Davis Price, their their rookie running back or one of them. I can never keep up, man. They draft a running back like every year. I never know who who's going to be getting the rock there. But but like, um, how good was Jeff Wilson? Like he just steps in and great. like no big. <laughs> great, he was great, deal. man. Toss Debo in at running back. Great, yeah, uh, yeah. Say what you will about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he almost had that 49ers team to a Super Bowl last year. Let's not forget that. Made a run in the playoffs and. Sure, I, I, I know. I, I know he's, it can be frustrating to watch. I know, Gage. I know you're listening. I, I know that's your team. I, I know it can be frustrating, but you know what? I Do I think Trey Lance can be good? I do. I'm curious to, to, to see. This is a tough way to start out his career, to basically not play for two seasons and to come back from this injury. But let's not fool ourselves. The 49ers, in my opinion, have a better chance right now to make a run into the playoffs with this injury happening and Jimmy G stepping in. So I find that very interesting, if you will. So um, last team before we get into the Lions, Brant, the Dolphins. Tua, Tua, who I always wanted in Detroit, by the way. Uh, and I, I was definitely wrong in that draft. I know that was the Jeff Okuda draft. Who, by the way, Jeff Okuda has looked pretty good, um, which has been nice to see. But I was always a Tua guy. Justin Herbert ended up being the guy from that draft. Uh, but always been a Tua guy. And Tua's gotten a lot of hate in the last couple of years. And they make a big blockbuster trade to bring in Tyreek Hill. And the Dolphins just had an epic comeback this weekend. And were just dropping dimes. Tua throws for six touchdowns. They beat out Baltimore. Brant, are the Dolphins for real? And is Tua for real? Dave, I think so. Um, I think that Tua has so many weapons right now that he can just kind of do whatever he <laughs> did at Alabama and look for him to run that back. It has been impressive to see him in the first couple weeks, especially last week. I mean, he got into a dogfight. He got into a shootout. And, I mean, we watched him at Alabama. Those weren't some of the greatest defensive teams at Alabama. They had to win with offense. So he knows how to utilize weapons. He knows how to scramble and make plays. So uh, I was not surprised when I saw the game that he had on uh, Sunday with six touchdowns. Um, And, I mean, he was someone I wanted in Detroit too. But I think his weapons have a lot to do with it right now. So I'm not sold he would be this good in Detroit. But – I think he got the perfect landing spot with the perfect weapons at the perfect time. So now we're going to see how legit they actually are. And, yeah, they, they erased a, a big deficit against the Ravens and had one heck of a comeback. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, that the Dolphins seem for real. We'll see if it's sustainable. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. I mean that that is a, a heck of a of a combo to throw the ball to. Chase Edmonds is like meh, whatever in the backfield. If they had a running back, I think the, this offense could be very very special. But they do seem they do seem to be pretty good this year. So yeah, I'm I'm not sold on seeing Miami's about to make a run this year, but uh, they, they've got me believing after after this past weekend. We'll uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep our eyes on the Dolphins, but. Brant, we have to talk about the Lions, and I, I mean, here, here you go. Here's your guy. You ready? I have these tiny hands. Yeah. They're not that tiny. They are that tiny. Yeah, there's your boy right there, Jared Goff, go on and getting himself a, a win. I called it a must win, Brant. Yeah, you that you was, didn't necessarily agree, that was, but that how about, was how about a, those Lions? That was a little bit surprising for so early in the year to call something a must win. But listen, he is also utilizing his weapons. Amon St. Brown looked incredible on Sunday. Uh, DeAndre Swift did his thing. Jamal Williams did his thing. Um, and you just saw it. we had a Hawkinson showing. My God, he caught a couple balls. Um it was just a really good offensive effort from these guys. The defense made plays when they had to make plays. I think their defense still has some question marks out there. Um, certainly playing Carson Wentz will always help you. Uh, he will do stupid things at, at the most inopportune times for his ball club. But, I mean, that's just what you get in the NFL. So I was happy to see the Lions get a W, and I think they still have a lot of work to do. Um, but obviously Hutchinson with the three sacks was, was great to see. It looked like he got a little nicked up in the second half there. So we'll see how he comes out of that. But, um, you know, Harris on the other end, making big plays too. Uh, that was just really refreshing to see as, um, as, as watching the lions take that growth and that progression that Dan Campbell continues to talk about. And that did kind of feel like a gritty win. It kind of felt like they had to really earn that one. And, um, you know, as they continue to improve, look for that secondary to get a little bit better. Look for those linebackers to improve uh, and that defensive line to really start to come alive. And maybe they can start winning some games on defense too, Dave, because uh, the offense certainly showed out last week and, and to get that win. Yeah, I think that Amonra St. Brown is special. I think the Lion I think Brad Holmes got himself a steal right there. I don't remember if they got him in the third or the fourth round last year, but uh Amonra St. Brown looks to be very, very good. They ain't even got DJ Chark going yet. He did not have a great game. He had a couple of drops. Chark's gonna be a good he he's a good player. I mean, he doesn't need to be the guy, but he's gonna go up and get the ball too. If Hawkinson can some, I mean, he's never going to live up to that draft status, either being a top 10 pick there. But if he can be a good top seven, top six tight end in the league, man, the only way that Jared Goff is going to be good or a, I would say, in like the top 20 quarterbacks of the league is to surround him with weapons. And one of their biggest weapons hasn't even arrived yet, and that's rookie Jameson Williams. Now, I don't have a ton of confidence in Jared Goff to get the most out of J-Mo with his speed and his burner ability to make the big play. Um, Jared Goff did overthrow some receivers this week, which I thought was interesting, uh, but he can be good enough. He can be good enough. This offense is rolling, and DeAndre Swift was on a snap count. And every time that guy touches the ball, you better watch out uh, because he, he he's ready to make the big play. That little throw from Goff, which was not well thrown, and Swift had to basically fall over to catch the ball. Dude gets up, makes some just swift moves, and gets himself a touchdown out of that play. And those are the kind of special plays that the Lions need and that the Lions haven't had for years. And you combo that with a guy like Jamal Williams who can be back there, um, kind of be like your workhorse, if you will. I mean, Swift is not healthy right now, and he continues to look like a stud. So I'm I'm high on the Lions. They've got to I, 
I, don't, I shouldn't say I'm high on the Lions. I'm high on their potential. Um, this offensive line has got to stay healthy as well. They're already digging into the reserves right now. Like Frank Ragnow's got to be healthy. They, they're going to have to. They're going to have to stay healthy. They're going to have to get healthy because the signature of this offense coming into the year, as we talked, was this offensive line. That's how Brad Holmes has built this team. It's got to be the identity is to win it in the trenches and. The offense is rolling right now. They certainly are, but they gotta they gotta stay healthy. And that defense, yeah, it's great to see after you know Hutch kind of had a tough start in Week One, his rookie debut to come out and get three sacks was outstanding. Uh, he he's gonna have some ups and downs. He's a rookie. He's got the potential to be really really good, like you saw in the first half. You're right, Brant. He did get dinged up. Hopefully, he's okay. He did play the rest of the game, uh, which was promising to see, but. He's, it's gonna be you got it's gonna go with the ebb and flow of the season. He's gonna have some really great moments and some moments where he's frustrating to watch. Um, and that is just the reality of being a rookie. And you knew that that was gonna kind of be the season that you got with him. But man, anytime your number two overall pick goes out and gets you three sacks in the second game of the season, don't be complaining. Uh, and, and I'll just leave it at that. You got to be happy that you went and got your guy. Hutchinson has has been from day one and is to this moment a Dan Campbell guy. He's a hard worker. He, he can be the face of this team, and and I'm really excited. And let's not forget about Rodrigo, too, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, coming into his own as well. I mean, I forget. You get him in the sixth round, I believe, out of Oklahoma State. If you watch Hard Knocks, you know that this coaching staff is high on him. He's when he He's going to make mistakes like we've seen. But he's also going to be a dog like we've seen too. And, man, if this defense can continue to play tough and grow each week, if Jeff Okuda can stay healthy, he's looked good. Yeah, I I don't see why not, Brant. And so that that when I say I don't see why not, that leads me to my next question for you. Take a look at the NFC North right now. Every team in the NFC North is is 1-1. One one. Lions take on the Vikings this weekend, and they've got to travel to Minnesota. This is their first time going on the road. They will not be in the awesome atmosphere that is Ford Field, and I say that in all seriousness. Lions fans have absolutely shown out for their team this year. They traveled to Minnesota. Not an easy place to to, to play. Uh, Minnesota looked terrible, and Kirk Cousins looked terrible uh, last night on uh, su- Sunday night football against the Eagles. Brant, do the Lions stand a chance right now in the NFC North? It looks wide. It looks wide open from a record standpoint after two weeks. But what do you think? Absolutely, they stand a chance, Dave. And I love the matchup against Minnesota. Um, I think that's going to be a big test for the secondary. We just talked about it. We just talked about how good this secondary can potentially be and the strides that they're going to need to take to be um, very good. So I think when you look at it. They can learn from what they just came off of um, in the game against the Commanders and really start to build on some things. So um, I know that shutting down Dalvin Cook will probably be a priority too um, and, and working on um, shutting down Jefferson and Thielen and all them boys will be, will be a big deal too. But um, this is just going to have to be some of the steps that they're going to have to start to take if they're going to want to be considered serious contenders in the NFC North. And now the NFC North is is a mediocre division. It's not a great division. You're not up against the gauntlet every single weekend and week out. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the Packers-Bears game, Dave, but that was also a shellacking. It was like, okay, I mean, the Packers got hammered in week one, but then they come back and they do what they always do against the Bears and go ahead and win by 17 to 20 points. Um, And uh, you're looking at the Vikings. They're coming off a game against the Eagles where they scored seven points. And and like you said, Kirk Cousins threw three picks. He was completely terrible. And, And why not for the Lions with a little bit of Dan Campbell grit, a little bit of, um, you know, stick to to get the job done up there in Minnesota. I can see it happening. I've watched the Lions go up there and win in Minnesota before. Um, so it's not a place where they can't win when you talk about, like, them going to Lambeau and stuff like that. Um, I know they can win up there. And right now, Dave, I don't want to get into the betting stuff right now, but I, I really do expect a good performance from that team this weekend. Um, I, I We haven't seen them travel yet, so we don't know how that'll that'll work. But, I mean, it's, it's not like they're traveling far. So I, I'm looking for a good showing from the Lions this weekend. 
Yeah, I, I think the NFC North is not very good this year. I actually, Minnesota, I know they looked terrible last night. They're actually my favorite right now in the NFC North. I'm not high on the Packers. I It was not even Aaron Rodgers in that dominant performance. That was the Aaron Jones show, A.J. Dillon show. Um, I Packers are beatable to me. Vikings are beatable too. I, I'm not overly high on them. I think... Uh, the Lions secondary is going to have their hands full, to be quite honest with you. With I don't see Cousins struggling that much again, and they're gonna they're gonna need your Aiden Hutchinsons uh, and you know Charles Harris, and they they got Akeem McNeil. Like they they've got to get in and get pressure on him. You, you see what he looks like when he's under duress, and um, they've got to find a way to slow down Justin Jefferson, just like the Eagles did. Big play, Slay man. He uh he really had himself a game and. I'm excited to see how a Jeff Okuda matches up out there with a Justin Jefferson. Let's see how good he can be on the road against one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. So, yeah, I'm excited. I I know we'll talk about the the bets and kind of get into that towards the towards the end of the show here. But um, why not? I'm with you, Brant. Why not the Lions? They should be right in the thick of it if all goes as it is as it is supposed to this season. So I have these tiny hands. Sorry, one more time. They're not that tiny. They are that tiny. Just 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 for you <laughs> with the Jared Goff stuff. Um, all right, man. So let's. Uh, Let's let's take a shift over to college football, um, man. Brant, ah, God, I I told you today we were kind of talking on the phone, previewing how we wanted to run this episode, and uh, I was just so over watching that Michigan game this weekend. Like I am so ready for some Big Ten football, and I know Maryland's coming to the big house. Michigan's a, a decent favorite here as they should be, but. I'm so over these cupcake cupcake games and having three of them in a row like that. I'm like, I didn't even want to watch the second half. Uh, you know, this pat like the fir- against the against Hawaii. I was like, all right, yeah, let's see Davis Warren out there. Let's see, you know, let's see these guys get some snaps. I want, you know, I, I didn't feel that this past week. I'm like, all right, fifty nine zero, great. Like we just played three of like the worst teams in college football the first three weeks of the season and Michigan did what they needed to do by all means. I mean, they can't gripe too much, um, but they play Maryland this weekend. So Brant, let's we're gosh, we're a quarter of the way through the season, which is just sad and depressing to me to think that uh, we're already three games in of a 12 game season. And I want to know your, your, your first quarter grades here. So let's, Let's start with, well, actually, you know what? I let's pause on our grades because we're gonna go. I want to go matchup by matchup, actually, of a few teams that I want to talk about. So, as we go through these next few, Michigan being included in it, I w- we'll get our grades at that point. So let's stick, stick there with Michigan and Maryland for a second. So Michigan, I just opened with them. We we know they've been rolling in a very very easy schedule. Maryland also three and zero coming into the big house. They've done what they needed to do. They did beat. SMU this past weekend, uh, which was a question mark for me as to what that game would look like. They won in a close one. Brant, you're great for Michigan and Maryland at this point of the season. Dave, I'll give Michigan, um, it's hard to not give them an incomplete, but I will give them a B on the season so far. Uh, I don't think you can give them an A because they haven't played anybody. And I think that they did what they needed to do to get through these games, which was one, stay healthy. You wanted, well, outside of the Cade McNamara situation right now, you wanted to stay healthy. Um, and two, you wanted to show your dominance, and you did that. So, so good on them, but you did it against basically uh, a few nobodies. I mean, teams that rank in the in the top or in the bottom one hundred of uh, the the FBS right now. So, so no thanks on on giving them an A. I can't do that. Uh, I would like to give Maryland though. They have a B minus right now. Um, they've had a couple performances where um, they have showed that they can throw the ball. But they're also starting to show the ability to run the ball. And we, and we know that they've always been able to throw the ball. That was never a question for these guys. It was always the question of, 
Can they run the ball? And can they get stops on defense? And I think one of the big things that you have to look at is is their secondary coming into this game against Michigan and what that might look like and how they might stop J.J. McCarthy from throwing the ball as, as Michigan – uh, kind of continues to roll here a little bit. So um, those are my grades and a little bit of a look into the matchup. I'll stick right with you with, with Michigan. I'd give them a B just because they haven't played anybody. They've done what they need to do. They've looked good while doing it, but we have no idea. It's a B. It's not even a B minus or B plus. It's a B question mark. And it's like we, we just don't know yet, and and we'll see. And you'll get a better look at them this weekend. Uh, but once again, you're you know favored by more than two touchdowns at home. Again, you haven't traveled anywhere. Uh, they should go in and take care of business. But I'm curious to see how they stack up against Big Ten play. Health has been a big thing. Um, they have remained fairly healthy. Cade McNamara, that is a big bummer to lose him right now as we go into Big Ten play, at least for a little bit of time. Trevor Keegan, you got a question mark on the offensive line. Um Hopefully he's back. Carson Barnhart's been out. That that offensive line has been a question mark for me still. Like I, they have not looked as dominant as they should have against subpar competition, in my opinion. They, not that they're going to be bad this year, but they have not proven anything to me yet. So they've got to they've got to get healthy. And then obviously Donovan Edwards has been dealing with something, and hopefully. Hopefully they get him back. I don't think they need him this week against Maryland per se, um, but you got to have him back against Iowa. You can't make that just the Blake Corum show because you know that's going to be a, a lot of running in that game. So hopefully they get him back. Maryland, yeah, I'll give Maryland like B plus, A minus at this point. They're three and zero. They they haven't really played anybody, but they did play SMU um, and they did get the win. And uh, yeah, I mean that offense is, has looked pretty good. That. I, I, to be honest with you, Brant, I don't. Yeah, you're, they did run the ball well, especially this past week. But I, we'll see how this defense holds up. So, um, but if I'm giving a grade just how they've done so far this year, it's hard to give them anything less than that. Brant, Michigan State, Minnesota. Who, Michigan State? Let me just go on a on just a quick note on Michigan State. And this is, I, I know everyone who listens, listens to this show faithfully knows that Brant and I are definitely Michigan fans, but what we don't do is just get on here and just dog on Michigan State and make this the MSU hate show because that's not fun for anybody, and um, I wouldn't want to listen to a show, like as a Michigan fan, I'm not going to listen to a couple of Michigan State fans just constantly dog on, on my program. But man, if I'm a Michigan State fan, to go out on a night game this weekend and travel out to the West coast with on a late, late game, which is not easy to do against a, against Washington and former big 10 Indiana quarterback, Michael Penix jr. I understand it was a tough, it was a tough place to go, but you're playing unranked Washington and they got the top blown off. They looked really, really bad. Um, and outside of Peyton Thorne, just kind of being like middle of the pack so far this year, that defense, Brant, I mean, Mel Tucker said it. He's he's called himself out. That defense looks like one of the worst defenses in college football right now. Um, and I, I don't say that as a Michi- Michigan fan. I would be angry if I'm a state fan. That was an issue for them last year to see that the first time they get tested, which, like, as Michigan fans, we haven't been tested yet, so we don't know what our weaknesses are. It is very, very clear what Michigan State's weaknesses are right now after this game. And that secondary is atrocious and they've got they've got to get this figured out. I would think, you know, I think Mel Tucker is actually coaching the secondary from what I understand. Um, I know we brought in Amir Speed from Georgia. Amir Speed looked awful um, in this game and Michael Penix Jr., just scored another touchdown. I mean, that's what it seemed like. Like they they did whatever they wanted. So, Brant, I'll give my grade on Michigan State first. I'm gonna give them a C minus um, because, yeah, I, I understand they're two and one and their first meaningful game they didn't win. Oh uh, no, it's not because I'm a Michigan fan once again. It's just your weakness last year is your weakness this year, and in a way it looks like it actually got worse, which is concerning. Now, it is week three. I'm not hitting the the panic button to say, toss it, the season's going to be a wash. I picked the over on them on seven and a half games. I'll stick by that. I think they do get some of that ironed out. But I am, 
I can't give them anything better than a C minus right now. And then Minnesota on the flip side, who they play this weekend, Minnesota's three and zero, and right now they look like the the leaders of a very very weak Big Ten West, and they've been rolling, especially on offense. Brant, your grades for those two teams. Wait, what was your Minnesota grade? I don't think you gave us your Minnesota grade. I give I'll give them a B plus. Okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, I'll I'll go into Michigan State just a little bit. I mean, you already hit on all the points. They they don't need to be drugged back over. But I will just say that um, expecting to fix something and then not seeing it being fixed is got to be overly frustrating, especially for a guy that's grabbing nine and a half mil a year. Um, and whether it's fair or not, fans are going to throw that number out uh, first thing. That's going to be the first thing out of their, their mouths is, hey, what was Mel Tucker's salary again? And why is he hanging on this defensive coordinator that can't figure it out? Um, that's got to be increasingly frustrating for Michigan State fans. And um, I'll go with a D, Dave. I'll go with a straight D. Um I know that seems like a hard take, but here's the thing. You beat two cupcakes, then you went out and got onto the West Coast and you got hammered. Um, And Dave, I know Jaden Reed didn't play this weekend, but still, everyone has injuries. Everybody deals with it. Michigan lost Ronnie Bell last year in the first game, then beat Washington by 21. So um, I think it's just a matter of um, getting that figured out their secondary and their defense as a whole. But Dave, where is this team without Peyton Thorne right now? I think I would have gave it an F. I mean, Peyton Thorne's the only thing that kept that uh, ship afloat out there in Seattle. Like they were embattled and, and beaten uh, soundly. And that, and that, and, and the end score was not indicative of how the game was. They put on some late fluff uh, to make it even that close. So uh, I'll go with a D for the Spartans so far. And let me get into uh, Minnesota here real quick. Now they've played three cupcakes too. And I mean, they had a power five team in Colorado, sure. Uh, but we all know Colorado is not very good. So um, Dave, I'm going to go with A. I think I'm going to go with A because they've looked competent on the offensive side of the ball and they've looked really competent on the defensive side of the ball. And guess what? They played a power five school. So that's the difference between what Michigan brought and that's the difference between what Minnesota brought to me. So I will give them an A so far. However, they did just lose their best wide receiver, Chris Ottman-Bell. He is out for the year. Looked for that to be kind of a, a key in this game. But other than that, that's what I will go with for those two right now. All right, we lost you a little bit there. Your your audio is breaking up, but I think we 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 got most of it, dude. I know we're trying to kind of grind through this in our in our garages here. So um, let's go. So Ohio State, Wisconsin um, should be a pretty decent game. I mean, Wisconsin already dropped a game against I think it was Washington State the week before. Uh, they're two and one. I, so they've got to travel to the shoe in Columbus and great both teams so far. So I'll, I, I'll start Ohio state. Uh, B kind of like Michigan. And, and I know that they played Notre Dame. I, I get that. Okay. Um, I still Notre Dame. We, we saw what happened to Notre Dame, right. And, and the struggles that they have had. So that that game doesn't mean as much anymore. Definitely more than what Michigan's played, right? But doesn't mean as much to me anymore. I don't have answers on that defense yet. It was the same question I had last year. I don't have answers, and that run defense was an issue last year. They will go up against Braylon Allen, one of the better running backs in the country, and they're going to, I think they're going to get tested a little bit. I do. I don't think Wisconsin is that good. Um, but I think Ohio State's going to get tested, especially early on. Um, offensively, I mean, what are you going to say? Like, yeah, like CJ Stroud has, has rolled and he's, he's looked good. He's, he's a Heisman hopeful for a reason. But um, yeah, I'll give him a straight B for right now, just because I don't know what to make of this defense yet. Wisconsin. Uh, give them a C, C plus. Um, they're just kind of meh, like the rest of the Big Ten West. Not what I thought it was going to be. Not the dominant performances either from Braylon Allen that I thought I was going to see. So, um, yeah, I just kind of have them right, right in the middle right now. What about you, Brant? 
I'm going to go A- minus with the Buckeyes uh, right now. I think they've done enough, especially against Notre Dame. Uh, I know that their their offense didn't look spectacular, and maybe Notre Dame made some uh, questionable decisions in that game to kind of give it away a little bit. But they still did what you asked. They, they scheduled a very tough team. Uh, in the beginning of the year, and they, they deserve to get a good grade for that. And then uh, they rolled their next two. So so no surprise there from the Buckeyes. And we'll see what they're made of this weekend, like you said, Dave, against Wisconsin. That, and, and you know what? Wisconsin's going to bring a good defense there. They always will. Um, they're going to try not to get ran out of the building. They're going to try to keep things in front of them. And um, as far as a grade for them so far, I'm actually going to be pretty critical here, Dave. I'll go C-. minus. Um, not impressive against Washington State. That's a game that you just have to win. Uh, you have a, a, a lower-tier Power 5 team come to your building. That's one that your fans expect to line up and, and see a W, not to see you squirt out 14 points and lose by a field goal. Like that, to me, is kind of unacceptable. And Paul Christ, you have to start realizing, he's a little bit on the hot seat to me. He has not done what Wisconsin expects to get done at Wisconsin. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Leonard gets an upgrade here in, in the, uh, at the headset for that program, Dave. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that, man. And then lastly, Iowa and Rutgers, grading both teams so far, Iowa, uh, D+. Plus. Because – and the only reason why it's a D plus is because their defense is good. Their defense has scored like as much as their offense. It seems that offense is reprehensible. It is an embarrassment to the Big Ten, to all of college football. I have no, I have no idea what is happening there in Iowa, but I hope that offense continues to look like that offense when Michigan travels to Kinnick in a week. Um, but yeah, not not impressed with with Iowa so far. Rutgers, I mean, are we really doing this? I got to give Rutgers a grade. They beat Temple, I think, by like two points this past week. I know they're, I I think they're actually might be three and zero, but I, B. I, there you go. B for the Rutgers because what what am I supposed to say, dude? What what do you want me to say? <laughs> Dave, they beat uh they beat a pretty good Boston College team. Um and, and so but I think what I wanted to see from the grades mostly, Dave, and why this segment existed was show me why some teams can be better than uh, a Michigan at this point just because they've put more down on film I mean you've beaten tougher teams than Michigan has so so I can see why people would maybe rank them ahead of Michigan right now just just by who you have beat and I think that's fair so I'll go with uh, Iowa that's a D minus for me uh, they're a bad football team I think and, and I guess Dave you said the defense is good and I guess I agree with that um, but when you're on the field uh, 70% of the game how good can you really be um, you have to play somewhat complimentary football, and they just don't. So uh, I'll go D-minus with them. And I'm going to go with a B-plus for the Rutgers. I mean, you took on two um, two pretty good football teams. I mean, yeah, one was Temple, but, I mean, Temple has had good teams from time to time. And, and beating, Boston, <laughs> beating Boston College uh, on the road was impressive. So I will say that Michigan right now is a B, and the Rutgers is a B-plus, Dave. So, so there you go. That's why this exists. Good. Yeah, we were all dying for your grade on Rutgers, so thank <laughs> you for that. Um, all right, man. It is uh, one of our favorite segments of every episode when we are in season, and that is Brant's Best Bets. Give me the rundown this week, man. I, I know that my college bets were not good and my NFL bets were good. I know that much from last week. Yeah, so actually Dave and I did have a little bit of an off week last week. We did both go uh, three for six. Um, it wasn't pretty, um, but, you know, we, we hung in there, and 50% isn't the worst. Um, so, Dave, let's start with uh, college here. We'll start with Maryland at Michigan. What's the spread on that? Sorry. Uh, sorry, yeah, 16 and a half. Michigan needs to cover 16 and a half. Look for this thing to grow maybe too. I'll take Michigan covering 16 okay. and a half. Let me tell you why that's problematic, Dave. 
Back to the point that they haven't yeah. played. <laughs> we we all know. Anyone who's listened this year knows that you are deathly afraid of this Maryland game for some reason. <laughs> I am not surprised that you're worried by that spread. I am worried about the spread. I do think that I'm going to go against my better judgment here. I'm going to say that Michigan's going to cover this. Um, that isn't originally where I've been leaning this entire offseason, leading up into this game. But I think if Michigan really is ready to show out it's JJ's team. They've got it all figured out. Dave, this team to me right now has to prove to me that they can run the ball. So I would love to see that. So um, Minnesota at Michigan State. We both kind of crapped the bed with Michigan State last week. They are two and a half point underdogs at home. Do you take the two and a half with Sparty this weekend? Yeah, I think so, Brant. Like you mentioned, Minnesota's top receiver goes down. Michigan State getting two and a half at home. I I would expect a bounce back from the. I, I don't want to get bit by Michigan State uh, like live on the show two weeks in a row, but I've got to think that Mel Tucker will get these guys right, ready to come back to to East Lansing plus two and a half. What about you? Um, I I will take Minnesota here, and. The only reason is I think that Minnesota can get stops. I don't think that Michigan State can run the ball. They've shown the ability to throw the ball, but dang, even against Western, it was suspect, right? Like, I don't think they are a complete football team right now. I think that uh, Tanner Morgan is going to have his way with that secondary a little bit. Um, I just think back to last year when teams were kind of struggling to throw the ball, i.e. Michigan goes up against the Michigan State and they have like 400 yards passing like I think that could very well happen for this Minnesota team this weekend so I will roll with Minnesota to cover the two and a half Um, Dave last college game of the weekend Wisconsin at Ohio State we talked about it a little earlier it's a night game Ohio State favored by 17 and a half I'll take Wisconsin um, plus 17 and a half there I just think that defensively they're going to hang around, and I, I'm curious to see how Ohio State responds. I'm curious to see how they show up against the against the run. I've got question marks, and until those question marks start to dissolve, I'll take Wisconsin plus seventeen and a half. What about you? Oh, you like Graham Mertz now, huh? You're on the Graham Mertz fan club. Diehard die Graham Mertz fan. I have been for years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. Don't try to get on my Graham Mertz bandwagon now. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> that, if that bandwagon exists, I would be surprised. <laughs> I will, um, I'll take Ohio State to cover the 17.5. I think they actually get a couple late scores and kind of blow this thing open. I do think it's close in the first half, Dave. But um, to stick with Ohio State, this team is going to have to show a lot more Wisconsin than they've shown so far. So, I'll take Ohio State to cover 17 and a half. All right, Dave. Lions time, man. Lions at Vikings. Can the Vikings cover six at home? Kind of a large number for a couple one-on-one teams. Yeah, that's that's a large number. I I'm I'm confident in my I think I'm 2 and 0 with the Lions this year on the on the spread. So, uh, I, I'm, give me Lions plus uh, plus six. That's a that's a big number. I got faith in Dan Campbell. I don't know if they get a win here, but I bet they're good enough to keep it close or or go down by like twenty points and then bring it back within three and lose. So, Dave, <laughs> you, you, you are you are two and zero with the Lions, but we're gonna take them off the board, or we might just stop asking you because you are just blind faith believing right now. <laughs> but. Maybe they are a better team against the spread. Who knows? I mean, six is quite a bit. Dang. I I think the Vikings will win this game, but I will take the Lions to cover the six. I could see this a late field goal game, something like that. So um, would you be interested in the Lions money line, Dave? No, I am, I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not interested in it. I, I'm not. I mean, yeah, if it's someone else's money, sure, would why you, not? But would no, you like I'm to not. Upgrade, would you like to upgrade your package, sir? No, no, no I'm all set. Right. It's like um, trying to call AT&T every year. Eh, are you sure? Are you, are you sure you want to leave? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Dolphins kind of the surprise team right now, uh, but they're taking on the best team in the NFL, like Dave and I talked about earlier. Uh, uh, the Dolphins are getting six at home. Um, 
gosh, until I can see somebody stack up against the Bills, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bills in a game like this. And I know they're on the road, and I know the Dolphins look good, but it's hard for me to pick against uh, Buffalo right now. What about you, Brent? Dave, I have to take the Dolphins. I just have to. Um, I just love what they're doing offensively right now. So uh, I think they might be able to get into a shootout with the Bills, and um, I think that bodes well for the Dolphins. So I will grab the plus six at home for those guys. Uh, Pack at Bucks. Uh, Mike Evans will not be in this game. He was defending uh, Tom Brady. Um, that was if someone goes of- after your grandpa, you would defend him too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not my grandpa. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, so do they cover two and a half at home, Dave? Uh, I, I'm going to take the pack on the money line. I do oh, know that the whoa. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do know that the Bucks just signed former Cowboy standout Cole Beasley for the week. <laughs> uh, but... I think Aaron Rodgers goes in and uh, and gets a gets a win here in Tampa. What about you, Dave? I will go with uh, I'll go with the Bucks at home. I think the Bucks defense is actually better than people give it credit for. Um, I think the, the defense carries the day here for the Bucks, and and sometimes Aaron Rodgers just has these games where it's like, okay, he doesn't even care this week. This seems like this could be one of those uh, times. So I will take the Bucks to cover the two and a half at home. All right, Dave, time for that infamous lock of the week. Um, I was joking around about changing it. <laughs> Thank you for the drop, Dave. Um, we were thinking about changing the name to the crock of the week. Um, and when you're in a slump, let me explain this at, to, to betters at home. When you're in a slump, Look for an easy win, Dave. That's what I always say. So this week to me, there's nothing better than a little Rutgers football to pick you up off the mat. Um, Look for Rutgers to cover the 7.5 at home against Iowa. Dave, maybe even flirt with the money line. Night game, Piscataway. Nobody goes to Piscataway and just picks up a night win, okay? We're talking Rutgers football man so actually a a lot of people do that actually (laughs) a lot of people pick up wins there brant you know the quickest way to get out of a hole is to quit digging you gotta stop (laughs) stop digging man you put the shovel down give me give me something better than that you're going ruckers this week all right i like it it's bold it's a hot take probably not a winning take but i but i appreciate your confidence so Man, as always, it is uh, great to be by your side here in Garage Sake Season 2, Episode 10. Uh, if you have not done so already, like, follow, subscribe to the Garage Takes Podcast. It's free to do so. Leave us a five-star review, maybe a positive comment. It goes a long way. We appreciate it, and uh, you know, we, we just continue to have a great time doing this every week for you guys. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with a Michigan win and hopefully with a Lions win as well. See you all next time. Powered by Riverside.